Sundu will like kind of take a step away from the gate and like just and like sit down maybe back against a rock or some rubble for a second. He definitely has to regain his energy, regain his strength. It was a lot. Uh, lightning starts to mix in with the rain now. So there's like these peals of thunder and arcs of like, you know, perfect five jagged lightning overhead. Aitlin's going to start squeezing through the hole in the grate and going in. All right. There's, I mean, there's people down below who sound like they're in pain. So yes. Yeah. Well, I'm going to follow. All right. Halliver. Halliver isn't up there. I think Halliver's trying to route maybe at, at this point, it's getting pretty messy down at the camp. He's trying to rally the other kids and, and just like, okay, let's, you know, let's maybe string some of these bigger tarps together so that at least we can all huddle together. Maybe a, a minor leadership uh, activity down here of just trying to make sure everybody is safe. You know, hey, there are some kids missing. I know some kids went up to the top of the hill. Let's, well, let's make sure we're all safe. And we, every once in a while we hear, Delta! <laughs> yeah. like no idea where Cromar <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, trying to, trying to, Make sure everybody's safe. We know not everybody is accounted for, but at least let's let's get everybody together rather than in individual little tents. Something okay. so something we're all going to be soaked. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's impossible not to be at this point. So yeah. so most of the kids have gone up to help with the with the rock moving, get inside. But the ones that stayed behind, you're trying oh, to get that's them right. You guys, that's right. You uh you you recruited a bunch of, yeah. of people, but but there. not everyone went. So you still yeah. have like ten or so kids down there yeah. with you. And maybe even prepare for, you know, whatever they're bringing down. All right. So if you want to go well, make and, a leadership role. And, and at that time, like we had no idea there were, there were voices coming from underneath us. This was just. Yeah. You guys had no idea. There's yeah, that's true. Uh, oh yeah. That's not going to happen. That was a six plus whatever my modifier is. Yeah. yeah so the, the ones that are left behind are either just too scared or just too incapable of, of mustering any energy. They're just, they're locked down in their tents. They're not going to come out there. Even yeah. though they're soaking wet, they're just not willing to try to improve their circumstances. They're just going to deal Fair. with it. Yep. So, Caitlin, you were the first to go down. The the two rocks that sort of tumbled down here, that one that fell apart, you can see the damage on the side as they may made their way down. But essentially, this there's like a step stone that steps down and curls to the right. Now, the rain is coming in there hard as well. So like it's, you know, water all around your feet. It's flowing down like a little mini waterfall. So the footing's a little bit treacherous, but it's, you're able to like hold onto the sides of the wall so that you keep from slipping. And once you get down probably about 20 to 30 feet below where the tower would be, it, it curves and opens up to like a little chamber. And in the middle of that chamber, there is the uh, Dunmara's sarcophagus uh there are a few other little rooms off to it they're just like open doorways there's no other doors there are four torches in the corner of the room that are lit but the flames are very like slow low sputtery like they don't seem to be as lively as you would expect there's four young adult kids in the room Ravasta's there delta's there para is there and waldra is there and they're, they're crying out. They appear to be in pain. And there's like this sort of black goop around their mouths. And there's some bile on the floor. It's almost like they've been like throwing up. Kind of clearly looks like maybe like wild berries. But it's intensifying. And as you come in the room, like they're just, again, without getting too gross, like they're, they're vomiting this black bile. And as it coalesces in the ground in front of them, it begins to shimmer and move. And that bile turns itself into a living 
version of a creature. And we now have our first fight with a vomit demon. So we're going to roll initiative, which is a dexterity roll. And so you get your 3d6s plus your dexterity. And if you have initiative as a feat, you get the plus two. So, um, however, are you still down there or have you decided to come up as well? I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I might as well, uh, like I couldn't, I couldn't, um, convince these kids down here to do anything. I feel like I need to be helpful. Maybe I'll go up to the top of the hill. Okay. And- so I'll just skip you the first round and then you can come in the second. That makes sense. All right. So the, um, it's not actually called a vomit demon, but that's what I'm calling it. It actually gets to go first. So it essentially rises together and it, it now looks more like a shadow. Uh, it was created out of this black bile, but it seems to have the, the fluidity of a living shadow. And it looks like it's just sort of like an extended gaunt humanoid form. So like okay. it has this arms are like once a one and a half times longer than an arm should be. It's fingers are equal. So think of like, um, a specter or a ghast or some sort of ghost, but it's solid black and inky shadowy. And it is going to look around the room. It is going to, it actually focuses its attention on Weldorf. And it is going to essentially going to just float, fly over onto you. Just basically it's trying to like run its body through yours. Um, And this is uh, considered a chilling touch attack. So I'm going to attack you. And I got a total of 14. I don't know what your defense is. Uh, My defense is 12. 12. So it's going to hit you. So as it flows through you, your entire body is just racked with this shuddering cold. Just like feel like you just jumped into like the coldest ice water bath you've ever had. Your breath catches in your throat. You can't move. You can't breathe for just a second. And you are going to take eight points of damage as it flies through you circles to the other side of the room and then turns back around to face the rest of you. And now it is Caitlin's turn. Caitlin kind of like takes a step back, which is why she didn't really move much when this thing first started. And then she sees an attack and she reaches out a hand and taps into her arcana. And you can see like her hand starts to glow yellow and then a like a spark lifts off her hand and launches towards the thing. I'm going to try and hit it with jolt. Okay. That is going to be, let's see if I can cast it. Trying to remember how to do this. That is 12. (laughs) Yes, that is a success. Target number was exactly what I got. So, and I didn't get any, actually I did get two, two stunt points, two D six plus willpower or no, oops. One D six plus one willpower penetrate. 1d6 plus willpower penetrating damage. So, and they, he can make a constitution stamina test versus target number 13 to only take 1d6 penetrating damage. I failed. I'm actually going to do mighty spell on this one. So it does an extra d6 damage. Excellent. That's a really nice roll. So that's uh, 11 on the dice, 14 points of penetrating damage. So armor okay, penetrating apply. ignores armor or ignores yep. parts armor. Yep. All of armor. Okay. Cool. All right. So what exactly does this bolt? Is it just pure energy? Does it have any sort of shape or? It's, it, it basically is, it looks like uh, a yellow spark, almost like a small, like a golf ball sized piece of ball lightning detaches from her hand and leaps to this thing and kind of coruscates up and down its form as it discharges the electricity into it. All right. So the, the, the shape, this shadow form actually shrinks in size. 
So it's about two thirds the size of the whistle. It's, it's actually shrank about a third of its size wow, when okay. you hit it with that energy. So it definitely had an effect and definitely weakened it. Sundu. Sundu is going to react as you would normally react when faced with something like this and will probably swing the remains of his wooden sledge forcefully in a little bit of a panic. So we're going to try and whack it uh, with the sledge. Whack the weird, wet, liquid, shadowy thing with a hammer. I'm sensing a Gallagher moment here. You know, I hope everybody brought tarps. (laughs) Um, (laughs) GM Michael, just uh, for my own personal notes, because I hate being that person, I accidentally cast uh, Shock Blast instead of Jolt, so that cost me some more magic points, and I'm going to make sure to very carefully not hit any of the kids with it. Oh, fair, fair enough. I literally described the wrong spell, so... It's fine. Okay, so here we go. One going with the sledge. 36. No doubles. I got... Uh, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 total. 13 is going to miss. All right. So as you Whiff. swing at it, it's, it's formed to sort of like wraps itself around your swinging stick and then reforms on the other side. Ah. All right, so this is Halivar. You are on your way. Um, as you approach the tower, you see there's still kids like pouring down into the this opening, and uh, they seem to have like bottlenecked a little bit. They've sort of mm. stopped the ones in front are seeing what's happening. They don't want to come in, so right. you're going to have to sort of like you know wind your way through them. But fortunately, your smaller size might actually help you here. Uh, my question: Are you bringing Melisandre with you, or are you leaving her at the top to go in alone? Not alone, but like you can get through without her quicker. Yeah, I, that's definitely. I'm. I, I, we kind of ran up the hill together, trying to figure out what's going on. I'm like, I, I'm going to go in and see if I can help. And you stay up here and, and be safe. All right, she'll give you another quick kiss on the cheek for good luck. <laughs> All right, Weldorf. Okay, I'm gonna try and strike it with uh, an arrow. All right. Let's see what happens here. So it's constantly sort of moving back and forth. So you'll just time it so there's like no kid on the other side of it. But that's, <laughs> yeah, totally doable. Unless you just want to hit somebody. You tell me. Uh, no, I don't uh, particularly want to hit someone. Uh, 10 plus 4 is 14 total. 14 total. is what you need. That's the magic. So number 14 is what I need. And I got doubles. So I got stunt points. Nice. And this time I have six stunt points. I got six on the dice. Ooh. So uh, this is going to be a lethal blow. Okay. I mean, yeah, so you just do a crap ton of extra damage. Yeah. So three dice six. Three dice six plus three. We'll see how. As a note, you have one extra stunt point. You can also use rapid reload if you want. Oh, okay. Because you can use multiple stunts. See, I wasn't sure, but that's good to know. Yep. Um, Thank you for explaining that, Kelly. Uh, 13, 14, 15, 16 points of damage altogether. All right. So your arrow slices straight through this thing, and it's it's supposed to be a being of shadow, but it seems like your arrow actually slows down. And when it comes out the other side, a, a healthy chunk of shadow comes with it, as if almost like it was like wet parchment that got stuck on the end of the arrow. Your arrow thunks into the wall behind it, and then that shadow just dissipates. And now this creature is about a about one third of the size it started at. It's is a very small. It's almost like a halver sized shadow vomit demon now. And it is now its turn. I was going to go after Caelan, but you actually did more damage, so it's going to go on against you again, because you, you have hurt it the most, Waldorf. 
Fair, fair. Yes, we're rolling less. All right. <laughs> that is a 13 versus armor class. And that is going to hit me as well. Okay. So once again, it flies at you. Uh, it only does four points of damage this time. Its effectiveness is also getting lowered as it shrinks in size. But it, again, it hits you and you're just frozen and in place for a moment. You shudder, your joints like lock up uh, with a racking pain. But that takes us to Caitlin. You can tell this creature is very near the end. It's almost at the size. Uh, it's, it's telling you how weak it is. It's the size changes. <laughs> That's helpful. I'm yeah. actually going to really seriously, and I'm going to read the right spell this time, cast Jolt at it, which doesn't do nearly as much damage, but it's a little easier on the magic points. So that is, oh, you are beautiful dice. I like you guys. So that's 8, 13. That's a 16. Yep. 14 is what you need. Okay. Uh, and, well, actually, that's just to cast the spell. My target number is 11. It gets to do a target number 13 constitution stamina against my spell power. And I got five stunt points, so I'm going to spend that on lethal blows. I actually got 13 exactly. Okay. Then it will not be stunned, but it is going to take uh, six, seven, eight, nine points of penetrating damage. All right. That is more than it had. So when your spell hits it, it's going to just disappear however you want to describe it uh i picture the the jolt like reaches out to it and just kind of wraps it in electricity and then the electricity just eats away at it and just burns the shadow out of the air so once the shadow is gone the torches in the wall sort of light back up to their the intensity you would expect these torches to have so the the light in the room suddenly brightens and then it continues to brighten it's almost like there's energy being added to the room and it's getting brighter and brighter and brighter to the point it's almost hard to keep your eyes open. And then it's it just sort of like sinks back down to normal light. And now standing in front of you, partially standing in this sarcophagus, is a blue ghostly outline of a female woman. Very clearly, this is the spirit of Dunmara. Um, however, this is right about the time you would walk in is when you would see this ghostly figure standing and there. Blinding light. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, blinding light. And then, and you, now then you have this ghostly figure and she strides through the sarcophagus in front of you and, and kind of looks around and she, she speaks, but no words come out. Uh, and you can't tell if she realizes she's muted. Maybe she did something wrong on OBS, but clearly no audio is coming out, <laughs> but she continues to look at each of you and she's, she's talking, but you can't hear anything that she's saying. Um, is there any way to like train reader lips with an intelligence check or anything? Um, or yeah. Communication check. It's going to be hard, but I like that. Give it a shot. If this works, I'm going to say it's because I have a uh, a mute patient, and this I've used this trick before. If not, oh, nice. I'm going to say that's a lie. That's a twelve, so probably not good enough. No, unfortunately, because it, it's a ghostly figure. Like you know, there's a little bit of blurriness around the edges, so the the lip movements aren't precise. But you do. There's a couple words that you think that you're getting, and danger is clearly one of them. I think that she's saying something about there's no ice cream, so we're in danger. Um, that doesn't make Su a lot of sense. Sudu is terrified by um, this, this this presence. No, right, spirits. Halliver does have some ability in communication. Should he give it a whirl, maybe? I mean, it's more deception side of things, but he definitely watches how people talk. Sure, yeah. Might as well. <sighs> Six, you get nine. 
11 maybe. Yeah, no. So same thing. You can't make out. There's too much blurriness around the edges of the lips to form like the precise movements that you would need to read them. But, you have but he, does call, he does call out some version of what is this spirit doing? What is it doing here? What has it done with these children? Yeah, yeah. because you didn't, you missed the yeah. first part. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you all would notice that the spirit, she walks out through her sarcophagus, like the physical, the physical part of it, but she stops on the edge. And then she like turns and goes back towards someone else and back. So it seems like she can't actually escape the, the foundation of her sarcophagus. So she can be outside of it, but there's like a little plant that it's on. She seems trapped within it. And she's reaching out sort of like she's trying to communicate. Clearly, she's growing frustrated she's as well. She's reaching out? Yeah, she's uh, also like well, trying to reach out towards you. Okay, I'm, I'm going to actually reach towards her and reach my hands and see if I can make some kind of connection. So when your hands pass through each other, it, there's a feeling very similar to what you experienced with the, the shadow creature. You don't take any damage, but it's very similar, like cold and your body sort of locks up and you have a hard time breathing. To everyone else, it looks like Weldorf is having um, like some sort of seizure, like you're going to throw your head back and your eyes wow. are going to roll till it's just the whites and you're going to kind of like be shaking a little bit. But in your head, you're having a normal conversation with the spirit of Dunmara. You're like sort of like on the the Watch Hill area. It's a normal night and you're just talking like she's really there and you're really there. Hmm. And essentially what she's going to communicate is that this is her magic is still trying to protect herself from the invaders that killed her a hundred years ago. And something about this night has reawakened her magic to a level it hasn't been before. And it thinks that all you children are invaders because that's how she died. People came to her island and killed her. So her magic is trying to kill everyone on the island as best it can. And you're going to have to essentially defeat the physical manifestation of her magics to save everyone. She doesn't have a lot of magic left. The, the creature you already defeated was the majority of it, but there is enough energy for one more awakening. And she feels like it is happening now down closer to where the other kids are oh no okay this is terrible terrible but i have to i have to let my friends know protect yourself protect them i am i am sorry that my magics have done this but there's nothing i can do in this state to help you but but please it's not your fault it's it's not your fault Uh, i mean i can understand it perfectly but uh yes please release me from from this so I can let them know. So she, she doesn't, in your vision, she doesn't really do anything, but yeah. in everyone else, you can see her pull her hand back away and then you're freed from this state that you were in and then her body's going to sink back down. Like she's almost like, like vampire, like lay back down into the sarcophagus and then the light fades. While that was going on, Michael, Whoa. could I, I, like I saw him like start to seize. So Caitlin's going to run over and start checking him over. And when I don't, did that take like a like a couple like a few seconds or a few? I mean, minutes? just a few seconds. Like it probably was longer in Waldorf's mind, but in in the real world, it was just okay. a few seconds. Okay, uh, I but I did notice that he's also wounded. So do I have a chance to quickly do a heel check? I sure. As a minor yeah. action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I slap a band aid on you, and you get seven hit points back. Okay. Yeah. Because I know you took damage from the thing. So, Waldorf, are you, what happened? Are you okay? I actually spoke. I actually spoke to Dunmara. Can you believe it? But but I, we don't have time. We don't have time. We have to rush to the other kids. They're in danger. 
I'll, I'll tell you what's happening on the way, but let's go. Are you sure you're Wildorf? Yes, I am. Sundu, it's... I, I know, it, it, it it's spirits, but it, I Kaylin, am... can you I am be me. sure? <laughs> Is, we we mean, don't have time for looks, this. I, 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 I don't like even it. wait, and I run off. I mean, that's Waldorf. It sounds like him, looks like him, even smells like him. Don't ask me why I know that, but <laughs> yeah, and I'm going after him. And Halliver follows as well, climbing, clambering out of this chamber. It's still raining. You just got down there, and now you have to turn around and fight your way back out. Exactly. And um, amongst all these kids who are trying to come down in, right? Oh, and coming up, running up behind them soon to just like kind of bellows move. Move. Everybody move. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Princess Bride. Yep. Very much so. Uh, So the four of you rush out to the top. You're now out there. The storm is at its fevered pitch. It's just lightning and thunder and rain coming down in sheets. So it's actually kind of hard to see. And at first, you look down the hill where the tents are. The way the tents are moving, you just think they're getting racked by the storm and they're blowing this way and that. But after a moment, it sort of solidifies both in your vision and your mind. The tents themselves have come alive. And they are connected and they are moving like a giant spiderish shape made out of these tents. And yes, there are still kids inside of it. As we emerge from the tower and kind of see this, you know, behind everybody, there's this utterance of storms and spirits. I hate camping. (laughs) (laughs) And off in the distance, you hear, still no idea where Cromar is. Yep. Excellent. Um, I I think we, we, I call out, we have to get down there and save the other kids. Yes, so, yes, we to, do. To we the annoyance see. of all the kids who just ran up the top of, uh, <laughs> to the tower. <laughs> well, see, if they would have came with you, aesthetic. they would have been safe. So it's their fault for not listening to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, right, this so, is Dunmara's magic. It's Dunmara's magic. She, she's. It's like it's trying to still protect her, and something happened. You know this this hundred year period, and I kind of repeat what she said because we've all heard it. So, right. You know, we just we we got to go save them. All right, we got one more initiative. So, uh, Sundu, you're actually first to go. So, essentially, you're fighting a giant spider made out of tents. Tents? Tents. Tents, spider. And the tents tents still contain... It's a very tense spider. The tents still contain the people we came here with. I was going to say our friends. There's there's about 10 children spread throughout the various limb tents of this spider creature. 10 child tents spider. Yes. I'm not going to say that five times fast. Instead, uh, Sundu is going to hmm, Sundu is going to try to make uh, grab a piece of wood, just a length of of wood, maybe a spare branch or something that's fallen in the storm, and you're going to attempt to use his hammer to peg one of these tent legs to the ground. Nice. We do need we do need a uh, tarp for cover. I mean, yeah, if we if we can, um, I don't know how you'd like to do that. Is it, that it would be an attack or a might or what? How do you at this point? I guess it's an attack. Yes. Yeah, we'll treat it as an attack because uh, okay. it's still going to do damage, but you're going to have the narrative effect of staking its leg down. But it's still going to okay. mechanically work as an attack. Give it a whirl. Doubles, two fours, sixteen. Sixteen hits. All right. And I had four stunt points. I will say that this creature has armor. So um, all your damage will be subtracted by its armor rating unless you have a way to, like, I think lethal attack bypasses that. So if you have enough, that might be a good option. 
we're going to do a, I'm going to spend two points on knock prone. Oh, and then so I'll spend two points on knock prone. So any character after me making a melee attack against this foe gains plus one bonus on the attack. Nice. And then I'd also like to use pierce armor. Uh, ah. With the other two points, which is you find a chink in your enemy's armor, the target's armor rating is halved for this versus this attack. Nice. And because I'm using my hammer and I have a focus in uh, bludgeoning weapons, uh, fighting focus bludgeon, uh, I'm actually going to knock it back as well before I pin it. Uh, I imagine that the... Uh, it's almost like a, a blow with a follow through. So running up to the creature, uh, Sundu just kind of reaches down and grabs a piece of like loose wood off the ground from a tree branch, runs up, slams the, the creature kind of with an underhanded stroke. And then as it's knocked backward and kind of the, the canvas sprawls across the ground, uh, it's a follow through just like a downward blow, like driving a spike into a railroad tie. Excellent. Very nice. And damage. I guess I should roll damage. That's important. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. Nine. So one of its legs is pinned to the ground. You've certainly, you know, you've you've damaged it. You've cut into one of the tarps. You can see there's like kids inside there that are like crying out because from their standpoint, this tent is moving with them inside of it. It makes absolutely no Seriously, Kaylee. Thanks. Anyway. So next up is the giant spider <laughs> going downhill fast. All right. So the giant spider, uh, I'm going to give it some negatives because of its limited mobility It's also prone. So it is going to use part of its action to stand back up, which is going to negate the prone, but that's also going to make it harder to do anything. I'm actually going to use its web attack. So in, this, in my mind, it's actually going to use the ropes that, it, that are, have been used to tie the tents down. It's going to shoot those out as if it was a, a web attack. It's going Absolutely. to attack uh, Sundu. So you have to make a dexterity acrobatics test or become immobilized. Yeah, I do not have acrobatics, but I, I can make the dexterity test. The TN's only 11, so okay. not terrible. My dex is only a 2, so... There's plenty of chance of failure. <laughs> but I did not fail. So that's uh, 6, 10, 11, 13 total. All right. So technically that was a dexterity test. But if you want to say that you just like, you know, Hulk Hogan out of it, your your choice on why it didn't work. But you you were wrapped up by these tent ropes, but it didn't affect you. So did I, sorry, did I not roll a dexterity test? Yeah, no. So you made a dexterity test, but if you okay. want to describe it that you oh, strength oh, your yes. way out, it's your choice to how no, you no. describe it. I mean, I think in this particular case, uh, Sundu is used to working with ropes, being a, a dock worker. And so as these ropes kind of like start to spin around him, uh, he would, I think, quickly like use kind of his free arm and get himself out of the knot. He real he recognizes that a knot is forming around him and he's like, nope. And <laughs> Like shrugs out of it, so shrugs the the ropes loose around his shoulders. Excellent. All right, that leaves or that brings up Weldorf. Okay, so I'm gonna look at a point where two of the tents are are together, right? And I'm mm -hmm. gonna see if I can like tear apart the seam between the two to split it apart because I don't want right. to hurt the kids inside. And I figure at that point, you know, the kids aren't gonna be like they're gonna be in the middle of the tent, so that's probably the safest spot to attack. 
Uh, and I'm going to use my dagger to do that. Because I figure if I use my short sword, that, you know, I might have a greater chance of actually hitting a kid. So let's go for our smallest weapon. Uh, and there's one thing I want to ask, Michael. Mm-hmm. What is the dexterity? I Because I have pinpoint attack. And if my dexterity is greater than my opponent's, then I can get a plus one die six. The dexterity is a attacks. four. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, my dexterity. Oh, for, that's four for the bonus, right? Uh, well, no, it's four total. Their 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 dexterity score is four. Okay, so if it's like out of like one to eighteen, it's four. Then yeah, no, my it's... dexterity would be higher. But no, if it's the bonus, like then yeah, mine is lower. I don't get that extra. Yeah. So anymore. yeah, I I just have the um this giant spider stat block, and it has abilities, and then parentheses focuses, and under dexterity, yeah, yeah. It so says that's... stealth. And it's a four in, total. So I don't know if that means a dexterity is a two and it's a four when no, it uses it still. In age, in age, the the numbers, the single digit numbers are your scores. The the yeah. dice you, you rolled doesn't to get them any. doesn't mean a thing. Okay. So, so then, like yeah, when you it, advance, you just literally advance the four to a five or whatever. So its dexterity is higher than mine. So yeah, no pinpoint okay. attack. So we have 15 total. 15 hits. Its defense is 14. And I actually... Nope, there's no stunt there. No doubles. Uh, So, five damage. Five damage. All right. So, due to its armor, you don't actually do a whole lot of damage, but I'm going to say that you did get the seam. So, essentially, one of the legs of this creature is going to come off, and two kids are going to come spilling out of that tent that's no longer attached, because it just falls lifelessly to the ground like, you know, canvas would but two of the kids have been freed but they are currently underneath the creature so they're not out of danger however he's got his trusty but rusty knife which i'll treat as a dagger and he's going to try to he's going to run in and try to slash up the tent and try to dis, uh, disrupt it okay, that's accuracy oh that looks nice um i got five stunt points and eight plus 13 16. 16 hits. Five stunt points is good. Um, you know, lethal blow is a good one. You get extra damage. There's also that one that gets rid of armor. So either one of those probably would be good. Pierce armor. Let's just do the extra damage. Uh, I nearly maxed out the three dice. Uh, 17, six, uh, 18. Nice. Congrats. Including getting the Akatakon symbol on the Akatakon die. Of course. Those are the best die. Always. <laughs> All right, so so this was a devastating attack. You're, actually, you're also going to cut one of its legs off as well. Nice. Um, I'm going to say that two on the same side were taken off, so it's not semi-extrical, so it's now kind of like walking. It's having a hard time keeping itself stabilized. Two more kids are going to come free, um, and then the four that are now out are going to roll to safety, so they're going to get themselves out of the way. All right, Caitlin, you're up. Okay, Um so are there still a couple trapped, but just haven't gotten out or have all the ones? Yeah, there's still more like every tent free? has like a couple kids. So I, there's basically 10 kids in this creature, four of which have gotten okay. away. Okay. So is there any part of the creature that it does not have a kid in it right now? Well, like the central body is more like a nod of like the loose flaps and ropes and stuff like that. So, yeah, there there are parts where there are no kids actually part of it. Okay. That makes sense. I just don't want to hit the kids with lightning, if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, again, I, in my mind, they should have went to safety, so 
It's on there. It's their fault, not yours. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, hey, hey! You had you had a line about damaging children. I'm just trying to respect that. But instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely throw a shock blast into an area that seems to be mostly free of kids. Sounds good. And that is a decent roll, but that's five stunt points. So that's five, seven, nine, thirteen, which again is exactly what I needed. Anyone in this area takes uh, lethal blows. 3d6 plus willpower. So it's going to be 3d6 plus 3. Wow. Penetrating damage. It gets to make a con stamina test versus my spell power 13 to only take. I succeeded. Instead of... Okay, so you only get to take 3d6. You don't get my willpower. That is 13 points of penetrating damage. And it takes half his armor away? Uh, no, penetrating. Well. I don't remember, honestly. It says it's half the armor, yeah. Okay, then yeah. yeah. All right. So this is another devastating attack. Multiple of the tents have started to rip open. Kids are falling out. The giant spider made of tents is sort of like, it's on, on the ropes. You know, it's the, the boxer's <laughs> got hit one too many times, and he's still there, but not really. And it's now Sundu's, or Sundu's turn. Well, Sundu Take will continue to, actually, no. You said there are still, like, some of the kids have tumbled out from under the tents are still kind of under this thing? Uh, they rolled out a moment ago when um, oh, okay. Halivers had a, a devastating attack, so I kind of let that happen as well. But there are still technically six kids inside of the spider creature that are still in danger. And they're trapped inside the tents that are being used as its form. So um, Sundu doesn't have any blades on him, so he's going to just use his hammer uh, again, seeing what the rest of the group uh, has done, Waldorf, you know, with the seams, trying to aim for some of the seams on the tent to try to see if the, he can force the tent to tear away. All right. One. Hammer. No doubles. That is a one. 16. 16 hits. Okay. No doubles, just straight damage. Um, two to six. So. 10 points total. All right. That is enough to defeat this creature. So what does it look like when it dissipates? Again, kind of an overhead swing down onto the canvas, like the seams between the canvas. And, you know, maybe there's a a shot when the the hammer hits that that seam. And you can just kind of see the, the canvas start to pull apart. And there's a very loud, like a tear rending noise. It's sounds like cloth rending, but behind it, there's like this, scream it's almost like an ethereal scream of this thing rending and then like i think the tents just kind of fall to the ground you can hear the children kind of like a thump to the ground and roll around uh, coming out of this canvas excellent so once the spider creature falls the rain just instantly stops the clouds disperse it's it's deep into night now but it's a perfectly clear stars you know all the heavens the shining down on you bright full moon and it seems that all is at peace and then you hear someone cry out delta are those kids injured that were in the tower they didn't have physical injuries they were racked with pain there from the what was causing them to the, vomit the uh, vomit monster yeah the vomit yeah, monster and we kind of left them behind too yes. so they're likely so the other kids were, now yeah. granted yeah we left them behind like we did but there were a bunch of kids that we left exactly. behind yeah. yeah. So somebody somebody was surely going to help them. 
So let's yeah. let's try and corral everybody together to see who is actually missing at that point. Yeah. So as you bring everybody back up now that the rain has passed, um, everyone is now present and accounted for. Um, the, anyone who was missing was taken down into the the sub basement area where the the sarcophagus was. Eventually, uh, Cromar will show back up. Uh, he will find Delta safe, though a little bit you know worse for wear, but but fine. Hugs her greatly and then we'll look at the four of you and there's a bit of appreciation and thanks in his face because he knows that clearly the four of you is what saved his sister from something quite worse um para will come up and try to give uh, soon do a big hug as well because she she considers um you her savior I see. Alessandra will give um um how ha- ha- i lost your name for a minute Oliver, uh, a, a kiss, and this is a real kiss this time. Mm-hmm. You are my hero, and then just like straight on the lips, tongue and all. <laughs> but there's no more appearance of uh, Dunmara's ghost. Her spirit seems to be at rest. Her magic appears to be dissipated completely. Um, and so basically the rest of the night will pass. You can spend it however you nice. would like. Early the next Mara. morning, the parents will arrive in the canoes with no idea any of this happened. Berry-flavored hooch. Probably takes a while to get that fire restarted after it being soaked by uh, the downpour. The the hooch might help with that a little bit. Ooh, there's an idea. Oh no, no, how, uh, we 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 don't want to put that on the fire. We want that. I, don't, I, I was going to say I don't know how Ralver's going to think about that. <laughs> As Para wraps her arms around Sundu, uh, Sundu like returns the hug slightly with a free arm, and then kind of like puts his hand on her shoulder and like pushes her back a bit and says, "I'm afraid you're lashing the wrong sail, my dear." So Chloe doesn't understand, but she's still appreciative of your um, your efforts and she will continue to sort of be around you a little bit, mm-hmm. but won't make any over, you know, attempts to try to interact with you. Of course. Anymore. All right. What's Caitlin she doing? Spends the rest of the evening, like tending to the different kids who have hurt themselves. It's mostly just sprains and a couple people literally have pulled muscles in their abdomens from vomiting up, you know, bile demon. But overall, she just takes care of the group, uh, and I'm sure there will be some alcohol poisoning to deal with later on, too. <laughs> and what about Waldorf? Uh, well, Waldorf is going to talk with uh, Ravast, and, you know, he's like, you know what? I was here for, like, you know, I want to get a lot of fun, cause a little bit of trouble, and really, we didn't get a chance to do that. Let's say you and me, we find something to do, pull a little prank on someone. What do you think? He's all for it. Absolutely. Okay. He would lose his reputation if they didn't do something. <laughs> yes. So so we are going to definitely do something. What that is, I'm not sure, but uh, we'll cause a little trouble before uh, morning breaks. All right. So that will happen. Again, we can determine later what exactly it was. It was a harmless but fun prank. Very funny for you, but it didn't cause any real damage to anybody. Like no one got hurt because of it. Maybe a little embarrassed. But the night will pass when what other various activities people want to do. There's really no tents. There's really no going off alone. Everyone's just kind of huddled together by the bonfire and right. just sort of like, you know, commiserating together. Unless, you know, unless you want to go off perhaps somewhere. Well, there's one thing that's going to happen in the morning. Uh, you know, Cromar is going to wake up and he's not going to have any idea where his clothes are. And they're missing, completely missing. Sorry. I thought you were going to do a meatballs thing and he was like, uh, like camped out on a raft in the middle of the lake or something, <laughs> completely naked. So. 
So the, the parents arrive completely unaware, like like whatever happened was so secluded to the island, they have no idea anything out of the ordinary happened. And, and you can see the shock on their faces. These are just like the volunteers who come to get in the canoes and they can see clearly things have happened. Some people are still injured. Oh, yeah. Uh, the know, camp is an absolute wreck. Yeah. yeah. Disaster. Yeah, it looks like Coachella the day after. <laughs> Coachella. Firefest? Firefest. Yeah, this is like Firefest. Fire yeah. So even more so when you get back to the uh, island where your parents are there to meet you when, when the stories start coming out. It's also sort of like, like the end of Goonies, like they don't actually believe you at first, but then you know, enough people are corroborating what's going on. They, you know, they, they all look to the island like in shock and awe, but very quickly, everything kind of dissipates. You know, every, everyone survived. Uh, everyone was relatively unharmed. Some relationships were made, some friendships, some possible romances, some possible rivalries. So all in all, it was a pretty standard and effective choosing night, except for, you know, the spirits and the vomit monsters and stuff. But life goes on as it does and weeks and months will pass. And then one night, each of you will have the same dream where Dunmara comes to you in, a, in your dreams and says, a new evil has arisen. I need you to come to me. And that is the cutoff endpoint. You know, you've been called, you've been chosen again by Dunmara, but that is an adventure for another day. Yay. As long as Yay. I don't have to vanquish the Huzzah. evil spirit monsters. Yay. Yay. So any final wrap up for, for Sundu? Anything like, you know, the closing credits five years later, anything in particular? No, I, I think, you know, it cuts to a number of years later. Sundu is dressed in, you know, what appears to be much nicer leather armor, although it's certainly seen better days, carrying a proper mall, uh, possibly alongside a couple of other uh, notable people or maybe familiar faces from the group here uh, in service of uh, some kind of a larger quest or activity. Very cool. Older, wiser, still hates camping. <laughs> not a fan yeah. all right galen let me see your island ruined it forever i picture it's it's sort of the you actually see almost the exact same uh flash forward and it's sundu is there and sundu is like just going to town on some sort of shadow demon uh and just behind a couple other forms you can actually see caitlin is there dressed a lot better actually wearing like arc robes that have like runes stitched them that are glowing with power and she's lifted her hands to the sky and a lightning bolt comes crashing down into the slow motion onto the the creature that uh sundu is fighting excellent you hear like sundu's like a little close a little close <laughs> <laughs> all right what about waldorf how do we uh how do we find you in your post-credit scene well waldorf is is there as well and uh you know he's still that wiry individual that he always was, but uh, you know, he tried to become a little more respectable and uh, you know, for a time he was manning the, the business uh, you know, the fishmonger business, but uh, you know, he got the call to adventure, right. And he's uh, there with uh, his friends, Caitlin and Sundu. And he's like backstabbing uh, this creature that uh, we're all attacking right now. So I'm getting into like a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 cold open sort of thing. Like there's just this big battle and everyone's like talking and interacting like, you know, the the, the camaraderie that you have. Mm -hmm. And uh, where is a Halliver? How do you fit into all this? Yeah. So the flash for Halliver is actually him leaving a house. It's next to the bakery. 
and the familiar Baker, you know, it's probably been spruced up a bit. And as he's leaving, you see Melisandre coming out and she's like, are you sure you're going to be okay? And uh, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, sure. He's got, you know, he, he grabs his, uh, he's got a, a leather, um, some kind of leather protection, leather armor that he's putting on. And he, and he, you know, reaches into the door and grabs his pack and hefts it on. And he's got a, a, a short sword on his belt and on his pack, there's a, as a crossbow. And you see down the, down the street, he's, is uh, Sunu and Weldorf and uh, Caitlin waiting for him to, uh, to join them on their next adventure. Excellent. Well, thank you all for playing. I hope you had a really good time. Um, if this was your first experience with Fantasy Age, don't judge it too harshly by my uh, uh, dumbness. But I think I had a fun adventure, a lot of role playing, which is what I always like. So just very quickly, this is part of what we call the sample adventures. And this is where we're taking a look at included adventures in games, source books, setting books, that kind of thing. Tomorrow night, we're actually going to have another one, um, Beam Saber, which is like a mech space pilot game uh, with the designer of that game. Austin will be running it. And you might see some familiar faces in the party now. We'll be playing that game as well. Uh, but one last time around the horn, Michael, who are you? Where can people find you on the Internet? Hey, I'm Michael, and you can find me on social media at LoserMLW on pretty much every social media platform. Uh, you can see me on productions here at the RPG Academy, also at the Rook and Rasp Twitch channel, and uh, of course with my cohort or my cohort here, Kaylee, in the Identico channel uh, on Twitch, where we have our Chaos Inc. Cyberpunk show. All right, very cool. And Kaylee, how about you? As Michael mentioned, you can find us actually next week, Tuesday, Chaos Incorporated returns for its triumphal second season. Uh, so you can find us there over on the Identico server. You also can find me on Rook and Rasp. It's like I follow Michael around. <laughs> and here on the RPG Academy Network, where I will be in the Beam Saber game tomorrow night. You also can find us both over on Redemption Podcast, redemptionpodcast.com, currently on our something. hiatus. Before, yeah, I mean, it's it's relatively unimportant. It's only been seven years uh, where we are coming back later this year for our eighth season. Uh, and you can find me on twi uh, t Twitch. Twitcher. I almost said Twitcher. <laughs> Whew. Never mind. Twitter at Anime Girl. A-N-I-M-E-I-G-R-R-L. Excellent. And then Remy. Uh, so you can find me on social media at uh, LFramey on, on Twitch. Uh, uh not twitch sorry twitter uh, specifically <laughs> see okay we started something yep, yep. Uh, I, I ruined it for everybody i know so i'm not really a member of any podcast or anything but uh you know i i'm part of the rpg academy uh patron group uh and uh you know had fun participating in this sample adventure and i'm hoping that uh, you see me in future sample adventures very much hope so myself and then jack Jack Vinson on most social medias, Twitter and others, uh, and relatively easy to find if you know how to spell Vinson instead of Vincent. Uh, <laughs> um, love, love gaming. It's always fun to find another group of people to, to play with. And physically in person, you can find me at a catacon in early November. <laughs> Excellent. So I was going to lead to that myself. My name, of course, is Michael. You can find me at the RPG Academy. I'm most active on Twitter. I'm also very active in our Discord. It's my favorite little piece of the internet. It's just wonderful people I love hanging out, talking about cool, nerdy stuff that I like. Uh, we do have the Academy Kickstarter. We'll be going live on August 9th. 
It's August 16th everywhere, but we actually changed it because there's another convention and we're trying to play nice with each other. So we moved it up a week. Uh, so it'll be going live August 9th. If you can get your badge that way, it helps us out tremendously. Um, and then the actual event itself is November, is it 4th, 5th, and 6th or 3rd, 4th, and 5th? Whatever the weekend is in November, that's the one we're going to be doing. Um, and check out our other shows on the RPG Academy. We have so many. We have too many. But if you like what we're doing here, there's probably something else you'll like. And hopefully we'll see you then. Michael, some people might say there's not enough. Those people were wrong. <laughs> very much so but thanks everybody have a great night and we'll see you next time bye-bye oh thanks. actually i almost bye. forgot if you're having fun you're doing it right now we can say goodbye bye. Good night, everybody. thanks for listening to the rpg academy podcast we do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors welcoming more people into this community all of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.